Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. TikTok, 7 o'clock. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Bobby Bear, Charlie Long also running the show. Uh, we'll be getting to... Plenty this hour, uh, getting into SEC baseball talk with Mark Etheridge, who writes for D1Baseball.com. Tag is still a perfect 4-0 and start to the season. We'll get into uh, the Tigers and the rest of the SEC as well. Cajun Cannon, before we yeah. got into the news break, I know you brought up the big race, Daytona oh. 500. Uh, was supposed to happen on Sunday. Yeah, the rain uh, was in South Florida, and then uh, throughout Florida you had a little uh, rain, inclement weather. It was like a tropical storm <laughs> in February. What the hell? I don't know about uh, global warming and how uh, the weather's changing and all that. But it wasn't hot. But it wasn't no. Uh, the sun was nowhere to be seen. Dark it was, skies, it was just huh? a constant rain. Uh, when you look at Sunday, and I think that's what you had in uh, Daytona Beach. But you know what's intriguing me about NASCAR is that hey, listen, it's all about the market, and, and NASCAR is trying to turn uh, the corner. We all know that the NFL's top dog. But when you look at NASCAR, uh, listen, uh, you don't have to be redneck to like NASCAR, but a lot of rednecks do like NASCAR, so there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, You look at the populace. But when I look at uh, the Daytona 500, what's always intrigued me is that they have the Super Bowl before the season even starts. (laughs) Right, the the biggest race of the season. Let's kick it off with that. What's more prestigious than the Daytona 500. Right, everyone knows that. And then you have the season, but you have like, it's like, okay, uh, we would start off in September after training camp. Uh, I don't know how you, because uh, you can't, because it's a team. Right, because it's a multiple uh, uh, so, so, so how do you competitors in the one event. Right. But, but it, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, because individual drivers and all that. But they have basically the Super Bowl uh, uh, bracing. And you always turn left, turn left, turn left. You never have to go right. You know, it's not like um, when you look from an international perspective. Right, the uh, Indy cars. You know, the, 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 no, it's Formula One. Formula One, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 the cars. It's all the same thing, how you go on the streets in Budapest and you go different things. See, that'd be uh, great. Yeah, but but, uh, but NASCAR is different because you got like uh, Ford, you got Chevrolet, you got Toyota. It's like... Uh, Okay, the common man's car. That's why they can relate to NASCAR. But I thought it was interesting. I got to give uh, Hendricks Motorsports a lot of credit. Uh, William uh, Byron. Uh, look, he launched uh, Hendricks Motorsports' 40th anniversary season by snapping the team's nine-year Daytona 500 losing streak with a win Monday and the rain delayed 
the great, they call it the great American race. Right. Uh, okay, uh, so it's not the Super Bowl, great American race. But the last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona 500, now this, this is a household name, the last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona 500 was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Not the daddy, was the son. He did that in 2014. Now, the 26-year-old. Literally uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, the sixth different driver to win the Daytona 500 for Rick, Rick Hendrick, the winningest team owner in NASCAR history, who made his way to victory lane in the actual 40th anniversary of his first cup win. I like winners. Okay, think about this. You win the first year you ever have a team. Rick Hendrick, the winningest team owner in NASCAR history, he made his way to Victor Lane on the uh, on the actual 40th anniversary of the first Cup win. So when you think about, okay, I won the first one. I was involved in. I won the 40th. What? <laughs> I will say uh, that. Man, I think you're relevant if you're doing it for four decades. Now, the ninth Daytona 500 win for Hendricks Motorsports uh, tied. You look at team. It's a team. Yeah. They have individual drivers, but they also have a team. So the ninth Daytona 500 win for Hendricks Motorsports tied the team with uh, Petty. You heard of Petty, that name, uh, Richard Petty, Petty and all that. Petty Enterprises for the most in NASCAR history. Steve, you know how I, I love the most of the most. So when I see uh, with Byron, uh, when you think about that, uh, what he, with William Byron, what he was able to do, but you know what? If I can advise you in the future, I don't know. Uh, you could put a time or whatever. I don't want to watch the whole damn race, Bobby. I don't want to watch the whole thing. But when you look when it comes to nut cutting time, I, I guess I could say it on the radio. Yeah, it wasn't well, anything bad. Yeah, when it comes down, look at the last 10 laps. I guarantee there's going to be, be freaking wrecks. Because when they go this race a, ended on a, on a yes. flag, and a lot of people are not happy about that. <laughs> no, because everyone's being overly aggressive, and they're going I don't know 160 miles an hour. Uh, so you might bump into one another, and then you go into tailspin. So all of a sudden, who can survive all that? And so that's why I give credit uh, to William Byron, Hendrick Motorsports. So that's why I'm telling you, if somehow you could figure out, uh, okay, I'm intrigued. Because uh, whether we like it or not, human nature, we like crashes or not. See it every time uh, in the interstate uh, when uh, something happens that uh, everybody uh, just slows uh, down and is looking. We don't want nobody to die, obviously. Amen, right. But it's amazing when things happen and going left and right, things flying everywhere. I'm telling you, watch of a significant race and what it means to their prestige to win that event, like the Daytona 500 Watch the last 10 laps. I think it happened in, eight, in the eighth lap and where they were at because they all, they trying to win this damn thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, look at a, ch- a chain reaction. Bam, bam, bam. I'll go to the wrecks. And then who can survive that? And uh, then you, you end up being the winner. That takes some, I guess, quick hand-eye reflexes, obviously. Or, or just luck. Luck, too, uh, right? Yeah, just luck and what you're doing. But but uh, that's one thing. If you look, uh, you're not a NASCAR fan, but you just like, okay, I, I like uh, events and what is occurring. Look at what uh, what occurs. And uh, if you can uh, figure, I don't know, how, someone probably could figure that out on the Internet, whatever. Is that, okay, look at when is the last 10 laughs are going to occur and you just tune in. 
You just, you know, because people tune in the Super Bowl all different times. Oh, I want to watch the halftime show. I want to watch the beginning. Oh, the game's boring. Oh, I want to watch the fourth quarter. Well, this is the fourth quarter of NASCAR. Watch the last 10 laps. I'm telling you, the crap's going to hit the fans. Something's happening. From auto racing to college baseball, we'll be right back after the break talking to D1Baseball.com's Mark Etheridge here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Happy to welcome in Mark Etheridge, D1Baseball.com, SEC writer. Mark, thank goodness the season has arrived. How you been, man? Oh, it's great, man. I mean... We waited since June for this moment, and finally it's here. Now, uh, Mark, when you look at where LSU's at, obviously uh, yeah. gotten off the fast start. Uh, when, when you look at it, uh, anytime you 4-0, and uh, the one thing you never know how games work out, uh, you look at the Tigers on Sunday, uh, what LSU's now 4-0, they scored 27 runs, broke a program record for singles in a game against VMI. You have to look at it. And you look over its last 21 innings against VMI in Central Arkansas, uh, the Tigers haven't allowed an extra base hit. No, you obviously have to look at the competition. So you know what Tiger fans, Mark, what they intrigue with. Okay, what's going to happen when they go to Houston? And I think that's an outstanding gathering. I don't know if you even call it a tournament. Now, but what did they call that, Charlie? Mark, y'all enlighten me. Uh, whatever. Uh, Charters Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, the Astros classic. Yeah, Astros classic yeah. Yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, now, to me, that's more of a measuring stick. Would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, I would. And, you know, it's you know, this is going to be a different kind of LSU club. You know, that we got used to last year seeing, you know, more of the home runs and, the, and, and, and pitching was, I don't know, at times. Suspect. Uh, it was great, and at times it wasn't wasn't real good, right? And, and that was a problem uh, through you know to starts uh, through through the season. But then at the end, they figured it out, and, and I think this year it's going to be a little bit different. Um, there's so much depth on this pitching staff. I, if I remember right, Jay used 17 different pitchers in this four game series this weekend. So he's trying to figure out you know who can help him. Uh, who's you know who's going to take on those key roles and responsibilities as the year goes on? But meanwhile, the offense is different. Um, there's more speed in this lineup, not as much power, although there, there certainly is some power. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a just a little bit different deal of trying to figure out 
you know, how do you shape that lineup? How do you how do you build it um, so that you're getting the most production? And 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 then the other side is just figuring out, you know, who's going to be the closer and who's going to you know pitch on which days in the weekend. And hey, you you need to get a key out in the seventh inning. Who's your guy? And 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 the good thing is LSU has so many options to go. You know, to choose from is just trying to figure out, trying to maximize, you know, and, and getting the right guy in the key spot. Now, uh, Morgan and Charlie chime in here, or Steve, whatever. Um, and, you know, you want, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters. Uh, but you look what occurred in the postseason, like, uh, Charlie, help me out with this, uh, the Hackenhausen, who was the other cat? Uh, the, 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 they had two. Uh, Thatcher Hurd? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, that uh, Thatcher Hurd, it was someone else I'm trying to think of. But all of a sudden, you almost, if you truly could be national champion, uh, you cannot only have like three legitimate starters. You might have to have a contribution from five different guys who could give mm-hmm. you a number of innings to be tr- truly uh, to win the College World Series at Omaha. So uh, when I look at, at where LSU's at right now, uh, is that I think LSU fans uh, have to be more optimistic about their pitching, uh, considering uh, where their hitting's at now. Uh, you look at Jared Jones with third home run mm-hmm. in four games. Uh, you look at uh, Tommy White, uh, Tommy Tanks, where he's at. You look at Jake Brown. Uh, they were the only LSU starters with multiple hits. Uh, now, so uh, when I look at going forward, I mean, how you mature, and just because maybe a guy, how they're going to develop. Uh, now, it might not be that you're contributing at a high level come late February, early March. But uh, can you maybe develop and be that guy we can count on come late May and June uh, when we need to have more depth at the pitching? But I think they have the depth now, but guys you truly could count on to make the difference whether you're a champion or not. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to figure out. And that's the cool thing about opening weekend, right? Because you you have all these questions that we're going to go on this three-, four-month journey to to find the answers to. the, the part I really like about LSU is is there's so many young players that are already getting the opportunities. And, you, you really, I mean, you, you guys know. I mean, young players in February are a lot different than they are in May and June. And you, you look at a guy like Jake Brown, he's leading the team in hitting so far. I mean, Stephen Milan, who's come in and played second base, has, has been really good already. Um, I was impressed with the, the freshman. I, I was down there Monday and, and saw – LSU when they when they played Central Arkansas and Kate Anderson uh, who yes. was a starter I, I think I think he's going to be a guy right now how soon you know we'll find out but but he's cer- certainly someone who can help you and there was a guy Fidel uh, this is Uyoa yeah yeah I'm saying that correctly um, he's he's a junior college transfer has kind of come out of nowhere I was down there in the fall and he was wasn't a huge part of the picture. And right now, he looks like he might be the closer. He was really good Monday. I mean, just he's just one of these guys who figured it out. He had some kind of injury things that he had to get over. And now, I mean, he's a weapon. And I think when you're able to pull all of these different guys in who maybe you weren't not that not that you didn't feel like they were they were good players, but you weren't depending on them to play key roles, and then they elevate. It kind of takes the pressure off some of these older guys who are having to, you know, carry the, the the majority of the load. 
Now, uh, Mark, not to put you on the spot, but I guess I am putting you on the spot. Uh, when you mm-hmm. look at uh, LSU uh, or just college baseball and that uh, college baseball being a priority for LSU, who would you put in the top three? Uh, uh, you know, when you look, uh, obviously, you look yeah. at the SEC West, I look at Arkansas and their pitching. I think they've underachieved. But when you look at top programs across the country, and everyone realizes, going back to Skip Berman, how uh, baseball can make a difference with your yeah. program and where LSU's at. So you look at a number of teams. It seems like they always have at least uh, four teams in the top ten in the SEC. I think I, I always said this, Mark, even more than football. That SEC yeah. baseball is even more relevant than football. But who you would say that ultimately makes a priority as far as the fan support, whatever it might be. Okay, uh, hopefully you have LSU in the top three, but who would you put in the top three as far as from, from a nation perspective, as far as how they truly appreciate college baseball? We ain't got no damn major league team. You know, the Houston Astros are in Houston. I used to go to Astros or go on vacation there, but the LSU Tigers are our pro team in Louisiana. So who do you put in the top three from a college baseball perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly LSU. Uh, the, the, I mean, nobody cares more. Nobody commits more to, to the sport. And, and you can see that by the by the, the commitment from the administration, the commitment from the fans, and also, you know, from the, from the collective, right? So uh, I, I think that, that gives LSU some advantages that they can go out and, and grab players that other, other people want. Um, others who do that, or certainly Texas A&M, uh, they like to spend money, uh, and, and they're able to do so uh, not just in football but in other sports as well. And you mentioned Arkansas, and I do feel that Dave Van Horn's one of the best coaches in the country, and he's a guy who they, they're always really good, and they just haven't won the big one, right? They were right. really close a few years ago. Catch the ball. Foul ball, <laughs> right. I mean, and they're national champions. I think, you know, they're the, they're my pick to win it all, because they're going to be, they've got just really deep pitching staff, and if you keep going back there, eventually, the baseball gods are going to smile on you. And I think they've been so good for so long. I think they're my pick to win it all. Um, those would probably be my, my my top three. And you look at the SEC. You mentioned the strength. I mean, at D one baseball, we have six of the top nine teams Hello. in the Southeastern <laughs> Conference. Um, and and you know there are others that that are you know that, that are probably going to be heard from in the top ten and certainly top fifteen before much longer. I mean Alabama, South Carolina, uh, Georgia's off to a great start. Obviously, you know Mississippi State and Ole Miss have won national championships in the last few years. Right. Kentucky hosted a regional last year, won a regional. Um, so you, you, Auburn did the same thing. Auburn hosted a regional. I mean, re- really good programs that care a lot, and, and people want to come play in those atmospheres and play for those kind of those kind of programs and those uh, nice stadiums and, and be on the SEC network and have folks like us talk about them all the time. And you don't get that across the country. Yeah, so uh, I, the- I do think that there's so much, so many positives, and, and that allows us. Uh, allows the SEC programs to just keep stockpiling talent. Now, uh, Mark, that's what I'm going to ask you, uh, because, you know, you look at Major League Baseball. You got the New York Yankees. Uh, that's up north. You got the Boston Red Sox. You can look north, south, east, west. 
it, it doesn't really matter. But when you when you look at college baseball, I mean, I've heard the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, the, the, the Louisville or Cardinals. When you look at it, you can see West Coast, but everything's like Deep South. Do you ever see, okay, so let's say you're a top high school prospect. Why in the hell would I stay in Indiana if I'm a top player in Indiana and play at Purdue or the Indiana Hoosiers? Now, you might. But it just seems like up north because inclement weather, whatever, that you're always going to go uh, down south. Is that a fair assessment? Whether it's from California to Florida, you know, the whole deep south. I can you go up to Virginia and all that because Virginia is always relevant. But it seems like that it'd be like a flash in the pan. And they've had that in the past. University of Michigan or Maryland, it might be. But uh, that's few and far between. Now, you look on the Northwest, Oregon, uh, uh, I mean, Oregon State, and what they've accomplished, but it's like, um, it's not the masses. It seems like if you're a top pro- prospect, you're either heading to California, you're going into Deep South. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you mentioned some of the Northern programs that have had success. I mean, Michigan, well, their coach went to Clemson. Maryland, their, their coach went to Alabama. And it's yeah. not just the coaches that are doing that, right? It's the players as well. And in today's world where you can you go out and you got the transfer portal and you can play immediately and sometimes there's NIL money involved. I mean, you can if you know, a lot of a lot of SEC teams, maybe you have seven players that you really like, but you got two two holes. Well now you can go out and grab the best players off some of these other programs and bring them in and fill those gaps. And and that's why the you know, in my opinion, this is why the SEC is so good right now because they're able to go out and fill those gaps with with not just dudes, but, but really good players. Uh, and, and they're able to go out and, and do that because people want to come to the SEC and play in these these atmospheres and environments. And and, and, and that's not going away. If anything, it's going to grow. It's coming in next year. <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be even harder, you know, and, and – you know, you look at the SEC, and you've got so many good programs that care about the sport, that are committed to it, that, that that pour the money into it, and you know, people around the country don't want to hear it, right? They, yeah, they, yeah, but it's the truth. They've got <laughs> SEC fatigue, but yeah. but the SEC just continues to to. I mean, you, you look at who played for the championship last year it was LSU and Florida, right? And, yeah, and I will be shocked if there's not. Maybe it's not an all SEC final. But Omaha is going to be full of SEC teams again this year. Yeah, it might be like, okay, there's eight teams, maybe uh, for sure four, if not five. I mean, come on, don't be hating it. This is what's going to happen. Uh, now, Mark, the question I have for you, and um, I, I, you probably can elaborate on this because I, I don't know. I mean, uh, why all of a sudden the Ivy League, Harvard of the SEC, Vanderbilt, uh, they're not really relevant in football. They, they won't be, obviously, then – Basketball, maybe now and then, but baseball, they're always relevant. So why is Vanderbilt, is it the coach, or or, or did they pay more attention? Why is Vanderbilt always relevant, it seems like, in the SEC, baseball? Yeah, there, there's a couple things at play there. One, Tim Corbin is one heck of a coach. I mean, he's done a great job building that program, and, and it's they, they've done an incredible job of putting players into Major League Baseball, so people want to come there. And Nashville's a fun city, and it's you know it's a great education. And if you can stack all these things together, it's good. They also have some need-based scholarship that 
it's able to kind of give them some advantages that some of the other schools don't have, and, and, and that has helped them in the past. But you know, NIL is starting to you know mitigate some of that some of that uh, advantage. But still, as long as Tim Corbin is the coach at, at Vanderbilt, they're going to have a quality program, and especially pitching wise. I mean, hitting they're they're kind of so so this year, but their their offense is. I mean, uh, they're pitching. Uh, they've got just a, an embarrassment of riches. So many power arms that the scouts just love that program because one, they're going to take care of those arms, and two, they just have so so many guys with high velocity, high spin rates. The things that the professional scouts want to see. Now, uh, Mark, explain this to me uh, because I think if you're a top-notch player, no matter uh, what state you're from. Like, for, in, for instance, uh, you look at Alex Brangman. I mean, uh, it's mm-hmm. amazing how time flies. He's like 30 years of age, and he's with the Astros. I remember him coming out of New Mexico to go to LSU. So when you look at, like, whether you're from New Mexico, whether you're from Oklahoma, Texas, uh, whatever state you're coming from, how does that come into play as far as uh, is it truly right now name, image, and likeness? Where are you going to end up and how you could be compensated before you actually go to the major leagues? Because to me, that's intriguing how they recruit you because they'll look at LSU. Oh, they got the top player from the uh, state of Louisiana or second top player from Texas. And then you got, oh, you got the number one player from Kansas and they come into LSU. How does that break down? Do you think that truly, if you're a parent or of outstanding high school baseball player, that you're going to go where you could get it, and then you got to keep up with the Joneses, like you mentioned, Texas A&M or LSU, what it might be in the future, and uh, for a future prospect, especially if you're the top dog coming uh, from a, a particular state. Well, every situation is different, but I think for the most part, baseball is, you know, it's a partial scholarship sport. They have 11.7 okay. scholarships to to – Span the entire roster, you know, thirty-five to forty guys. So no one's on a full ride. So NIL is probably—I mean, it's not probably—it is more important to those kids. Although few, although there's fewer money, you know, there's not as much money to spend on baseball uh, as other sports. And and I think the other part of that is you're just trying to not go in the hole to play baseball. Most of these kids traditionally have paid to play baseball, right? You know, unlike football, where you know everything's paid for, right, basketball, right. everything's paid for. Baseball's not. So, so for NIL, it's a little bit different for baseball. However, um, you know, to kind of answer your question, it's certainly NIL is important. I also think getting to the league is important. Development is important. But when you can come and you can play in front of, you know, five to ten thousand people, depending on where you are. And you're getting that experience and that atmosphere. What 18 year old doesn't want that, right? And especially if you're not going to get that in some of these other other locations, I think that's that's you know that's a draw. And because of that, the, the SEC is able to bring in. I mean, not, not just LSU but other programs as well, able to bring in guys who just want to be part of that, right? They want to they want to be part of. You know, you hear that it just means more, right? They want they want to experience it and and be able to do that while still developing themselves to try to get to their ultimate goal. If it's if it's MLB or if it's 
just trying to, to get a degree and go on and, and have some experiences along the way, uh, they can get all of that, you know, as, as part of uh, playing SEC baseball. Now, uh, Mark, all the different recruits that you've witnessed, uh, you want to talk about hit the lottery. I mean, yeah. while looking at LSU and being a champion, Paul Skeens. Okay, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got Paul Skeens and what he accomplished. And then he comes on campus, and he's associated with Olivia Dunn. Well, I'm like, what? I mean, I, it's good to be Paul. No, yeah, it's like you're talking about hitting the lottery. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. That's like a fantasy. You might say, "Oh, this could happen." Year, the, the, that can, yes, <laughs> that can happen. This can happen, and then you continue. So, I mean, you want to talk about get it right? I mean, that, yeah. that's something you maybe could uh, sell. Potential recruits uh, like a Paul Skeens. Look, look, look what LSU did for him. Yeah, I mean, he came from Air Force, and he, obviously he gave up a lot. He, he really didn't want to leave Air Force, but obviously he made the right decision. I mean, you win a national championship, you're the first pick in the draft. Um, <laughs> you're dating Livy Dunn. Um, you, right. he, 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 I, I think looking back, he made a pretty wise decision. So, um, Certainly, there's only one Paul Skeens, and everyone else is not going to have that same experience. But, but you can dream, right? And if you look at that, if yep. you want to be the next Paul Skeens, then that's certainly available to you. Now, uh, you know, Mark, uh, how do you evaluate? Because uh, I don't know. I look at great LSU players. I'm talking about as of recent. Um, I mean, I, I guess I go old school. Like I look at Todd Walker. Mm-hmm. I, I look at Alex Bregman. And now look at, like, uh, Dylan Cruz. When you evaluate all these players, how do you look at these uh, prospects coming to LSU? Do you evaluate them maybe comparing to what they actually accomplished, maybe what, what these different individuals could do? Well, I mean, certainly that's part of it, right? Uh, I, I, I do think people want to be part of a winning tradition. They want to be... Uh, in compared to to some some of the all time greats, right? Um, but then the the other part of that is also what, what's you know what everything I can get, right? I, I want to get to the league. I want to you know I want to be rich and famous. I want all these different things, especially when you're talking about this age group. So uh, that that's all part of that cons- consideration. But then the other part, and the part I think Jay does really well, is just how has a plan, right? Physically, for you know, the, you know to build, you know, develop your body, to develop your if you're a pitcher or your hitter, develop your your skills. Right. Also, the mental approach, and, and I think that that's part. That's the part that's missing a lot of these guys. You see the difference between we've all seen the guy who can throw really hard, but just doesn't seem to ever get get out or can't can't locate or all that, and it's. Much of that is the mental part of the game, and that's what that's what these these coaches have to do and have to sell that and show these examples of success that they've had in the past to to prove to that next you know that next group of players, next generation, whatever it is, that, that they're able to get you to where you want to go, and that's the cool part. And, and that's I mean, I'm I'm a big Jay Johnson guy. I, I think he's doing an incredible job. And, and, and he's such a, a good communicator, and he has a plan to, to get these guys to, you know, to, to where they need to be. 
Mark, definitely always appreciate the time. Thank you, and be talking to you soon. All right, thank Absolutely. you, Mark. You that's, got it. That's Mark Etheridge, D1Baseball.com, SEC writer. Go check out his work there. We're going to take a break. Come back with more of Sports Talk right after this on WWL. We're back here on Sports Talk. Steve Geller on the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, also Charlie Long hanging out. Guys, the uh, we talked a little bit about yesterday, Bobby. The All-Star game was pretty atrocious uh, for the NBA. Uh, we've mentioned this uh, with the regular season even, but it was just even worse defense on display in the all-star game for basketball. And it just, ha, we were talking back and back, you know, yeah. bouncing back and forth. How do you fix it? Well, uh, how do you fix it? Um, okay, this is my perspective. I played in um, the Pro Bowl in, in, in Hawaii, uh, 1994. When they were still playing. <laughs> uh, no, I... I I got the crap knocked out of me in uh, the Pro Bowl game. I went into the game. Uh, it was uh, Brett Favre, uh, Steve Young, and myself. I went into the game with four minutes left in the third quarter. I was like the third-string guy. It was 3-3. Three to three. I never forget Reggie White, the late, great Reggie White, told me uh, because I fucking recall that if you win, you get like 36000 If you lose, you get 18000 Yeah. No, no, it's ridiculous now. It's like six figures, way beyond. He goes like, Bobby, we got to win this game. I brought so many family members over to Hawaii. I need that extra money. That's another thing. It's not even in Hawaii anymore, sadly. Yeah, yeah. so he just told me that. And so I don't know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just playing. And I went into the game to show you how defense was still played. I went into the game with four minutes left in the third quarter. It was three to three, and we won seventeen to three. I threw a touchdown pass to Chris Carter. You remember Minnesota Vikings? Um, not not Randy Moss, but Chris Carter, right um, from Ohio State. All he does is catch touchdowns. Uh, so I threw him a touchdown pass, and I think I handed it one off to Otis Anderson. You remember the old name Otis with the Giants? He, I want to say Cardinals maybe went to the Giants. Yeah. But we had a rushing touchdown. We won the game 17-3. to Can you imagine holding? Who won MVP of the game? Uh, Andre Risen. Ah. But, but and, uh, let me tell you what's crazy. I should have been. I was running up to the MVP. I threw Andre Risen. I was going to say, it was 3-3. You got in the game and led him to a victory. Uh, I threw a couple of passes to him. And I said, come on, Dre. I mean, you know I'm going to throw the ball there because I threw him 15 touchdown passes that season. And I don't know, he made other plays. So he ended up being the MVP. But um, when I can tell you this story. I don't know. This might be kind of outlawish. I don't know. Um, TLC, a left eye who ran off the cliff in Honduras and all with the wreck and all that. she went to award ceremony. What is that? The Grammys, whatever. Yeah, the Grammys for. Her and music. I said, uh, I want to thank my baby uh, Andre Rising, <laughs> Chad number eighty, in her shoulder for being a MVP in the Pro Bowl. I went, I went out with Andre and Left Eye in Honolulu, and all of a sudden the freaking cops are coming, and, and I'm having, I mean, I mean, like Andre said, we made the Pro Bowl together, so I mean ribs at some. I don't know, uh, the barbecue place. And all of a sudden, well, where's... Hawaiian barbecue ribs. Yeah, delicious. So where's, so where's left eye? And I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. It's too personal. Uh, but but anyway, uh, the cops that all came, and um, 
me and my wife, uh, Teresa, at the time, uh, we were like, man, where the hell is Andre? What the, and all of a sudden, we go outside. It's like Hawaii Five-0. I mean, <laughs> it's like, what, what, what's going on? And Dre just tells me, uh, take the limousine uh, back to the hotel. And I said, damn, we're going to be in USA Today and all. They didn't have social media back then. I said, man, we're in trouble. Man, what, what the hell? I said, we're just here for the Pro Bowl. And then it's amazing. I think we're going to be in trouble. The next day, Andre Risen's getting his ankles taped. Uh, you know, because we really practiced back then. I don't know if they practice anymore. We practice. I'd and, imagine it's like a w- light walkthrough. I don't know. We practiced it, and, and it was no big deal. And it was like, and then the next, damn, uh, le- less than a week. Yeah. I want to thank my baby. Uh, thank my baby, Andre Risen, being MVP in the Pro Bowl. Man, I don't know. I shouldn't say. That. No, you're just like, hey, you just uh, we're having an altercation. The cops came and everything, but yeah, uh, okay. Uh, my, my boyfriend just beat the crap out of me, and then now I want to thank my baby. It's like what? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's the NFL. I'm sure oh, it was oh, an oh, odd oh, relationship. Oh. She burnt this house down for crying out loud. Yes. Uh, so welcome to the NFL. So I've seen so much. Uh, so people tell me, hey, bro, you don't know how it really is. What the hell are you talking about? I've witnessed so much. Come on. You think you know. Uh, no, no. I, I've been around. Uh, listen, I've been around a lot of different individuals, uh, that whether it's socially acceptable or not. Um, it might be whether you get arrested or not. <laughs> uh, do you get off or you don't get off? I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that goes down. We'll go down after the break here on WWL. Going to keep right back with one last segment, wrapping up Sports Talk after this. Hello. Winding down here on our Tuesday edition of Sports Talk Cajun Cannon. Tomorrow going to get into some Pelicans as they get back in action Thursday night against Houston. Todd Graffinini, radio voice of the Pels, will join us. Also, go a little around the NFC South. We'll check in with each team, uh, ask the beat writers what are their teams looking for this offseason to improve on. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Cajun Cannon, say goodbye, everyone. All right. Bon nuit, les Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.